Thank you for listening to the Reclaim Church podcast. We hope that this message is a blessing to your life. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX. Now please enjoy this message. Um, the title of my message, we're in a series called Marked, and what I'm talking about today is I'm talking about if we're, if we're a follower of Christ, then we are going to be marked by God. There's going to be something different about us. And I get, uh, there's a, a scripture, it's a very short scripture of a, of a long story, but I just want to share this one portion in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says this, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. They had just healed somebody. Somebody had just been healed. Now they're on trial. They're, they're kind of, they're, 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 they're challenging the disciples. And now, now they're, they're looking at these men and they're marveling at them because they understand that they're, they're, there's no training in their lives. They're not really educated. And, and they're, they're, they marveled at what they were doing. And it says this, it says, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Because when when you're with Jesus, there's something different about you. There was something different about these disciples. They, They walked in this power. They weren't all talk. There was power In what they were saying. They had to. They were basically not challenging what the disciples had said. But what they had done. Because they weren't just saying a lot of words. Because even the words that they could say. Were very untrained. And uneducated. But yet they marveled at them. Why? Because there was something different about them. They realized. They had been with Jesus. They were, they were bold and clear in their message. They were unashamed of what they were doing. They marveled at them. The only, the only way the disciples could have been this way is that they were close. There was something different about them. My question to you today is, have you been with Jesus? Have you been with Jesus? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time. I pray that you would minister to us, Jesus, that you would speak to us. Lord, I pray that my words and, my, and whatever I say and do would not be inspired by my flesh, not be inspired by my opinion, not be inspired by emotion. But God, I pray, Lord, that everything I say and do would be inspired by your spirit and led by your word. I thank you, Lord. Let it be, let it be a solid foundation of your truth. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said amen. See, when, when we are walking with Jesus, we can't blend in. We cannot blend into the world when we're walking with Jesus. It's not possible. Because when we walk with him, our lives are actually changed. You can go to church and blend in with the world. You could even label yourself as a Christian and blend in with the world. I was talking to some of my friends uh, that are visiting us and and we're, we're talking about the gospel and we're talking about the, the, that, the, the power of God to change a life. And, and we're saying that some, most, of, most Christians today just label themselves as a Christian without any real Holy Spirit change. I can still live in my sin, but I'm a Christian. I, can, I, can, I, I, I don't have to really live a surrender life because, you know, I'm, I'm already a Christian. I go to church. Well, good for you, Right? 
Church cannot change you. Church cannot save you. Church can't, can't, church can't change those hurts that you've, you've had over the years of your life. Church can't do that. So what we do is we, we're looking for a change as we go to a church because most of the time we're looking for something to change our emotions. But this is the thing is that what triggers our emotions is what's, what's really scarred us in our soul. So what we do when we label ourselves as a Christian without really changing is we put a band-aid over this wound that, that can only be healed from the inside. We cannot blend in. In John chapter 15, verse 1 through 8, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it, bear, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So what's Jesus saying here? He's saying this is not, a, this is not something that happens by accident. It is a product of, of abiding in Christ. It's a product of intimacy. He's saying that if you abide in me, you will bear fruit. Not if you want to abide in me, bear your fruit first. And then when you've got it all together and you're good enough, then you can come connect with me. No, he says, you are messed up because away from me, you can't do anything by yourself. Nothing. So abide in me because, listen, if you were to just abide in me, then fruit will naturally be produced from your life. This fruit will naturally come out. What, what am I calling this? I call this the marking. That there is a mark on your life that there's something different about you. That people would look at you and say, man, th there's something. They must, they, must have been, they must have been with Jesus. They're, they're a little bit weird. They're a little bit crazy. They don't do the things that I do. They don't talk the way that I... They must have been with Jesus. This is a product of abiding. It's a mark of intimacy. As we abide... We bear fruit. This is the whole like, well, I don't have to work for my salvation. No, you don't. But if you're truly saved, if your faith is really in Christ, then you will bear fruit. I like how he says it. He says there's going to be branches that don't bear anything. They look like it. They're in the same place. But there's, there's nothing different about them because they're empty. And what this fruit does is as we bear fruit, it glorifies God. It points people to Jesus. My prayer as a pastor is not that you would have a better relationship with me. I can't do nothing for you. My prayer as a pastor is that you begin to know Jesus. 
Because when you know Jesus, everything changes. If we would just abide in the Lord, our lives would change. We'd, we'd produce fruit, and this fruit glorifies, glorifies God. Matthew 5, chapter 5, verse 13 through 16, it says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Man, how, how that's multiple times that Jesus is like, hey, if you're not producing much, you... now if I were to say that, oh, he's mean. This guy's pastor, he's, he's mean. I'm just reading, all right? I'm... You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all, to, who, to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The fr- this fruit will set you apart. It sets you apart from the world, and the truth is right now the world doesn't need another got to watch what I say here. The world doesn't need another influencer. The world doesn't need another motivational speaker or motivational preacher. The world doesn't need that. There's, there's a field of them. The world doesn't, doesn't need to hear, oh, you're good just as you are. Just come as you are and stay as you are because, hey, the grace, right? You're good to go. The world needs somebody that is marked by intimacy with God. And when they preach and when they speak, they're not speaking out of their own heart, but because they're so close to the Lord, because they know his heart so well that they begin to speak and live a life that is in alignment with the heart of God, and they are the marked ones, that somebody would say, there's something different. It's like, have you been with Jesus? See, how can, how can we lead the world out of darkness if we all look the same? How can we introduce the world to the truth of the scriptures if we look and live just like them? I've... I'm a, I've made a commitment in my life that I don't drink alcohol. My wife and I, we do not drink alcohol. Some, this may step on toes, honestly. Whatever. I don't drink alcohol. I don't think drinking alcohol is a sin. But how can I leave an alcoholic to freedom if I have what their weakness is in my home? Do, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Because I've been marked by God. It's not my life. So the things that I may enjoy or may not enjoy, be for, the, for the betterment of my brother or my sister, I let those things go. I become all things, right? Because I've been marked. And my prayer is, Lord, what do you want? I want you to be so set apart. That when somebody looks at your life, they can say, there's something different about them. There's something different about you. But how can we lead the world that's in darkness if we don't even walk in the light ourselves? The world doesn't need our compromise. The world needs our conviction. 
My fear is that we don't walk in conviction, but we walk in emotion. If it feels good, I don't feel like doing this. But this marking, guys, the real change comes through intimacy with the Lord. It's truly knowing Christ. It's walking and, and leading and being led by the Holy Spirit. That He would speak to you. He would lead your life. And he would challenge you and convict you. Now, now you know me. I don't go around telling people, oh, you drink? Oh, you're not a real Christian. Right? I have very good friends who are men, of, men and women of God that drink. I'm just using this as an example. This message is not on alcohol, okay? All right, just an example. But I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is he's convicted me about that. And when I say the world needs our convictions, the thing is this, is that our convictions set us apart. And if I walk according to my conviction, then they'll see something different about me. But what, what hinders this intimacy in our life? I wrote a few things down, all right? Song of Solomon, chapter 20, excuse me, chapter 2, verse 15. It says, catch us the foxes, little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. So I, I understand that Song of Solomon is like this romance book, right? It's, it's very good. It's a good book, you know? Um, and I begin to read it. I'm like, does that, like, Lord, does that really apply? Like, how, they're talking about relationship. And he said, exactly. Exactly. We have a relationship with Lord. And every, every, every book of the Bible is, is what? It's, it's a guide to know Christ. And he says, catch us the foxes. Those little things in your life that can, can get into there and destroy what's growing. He says, catch those little things because a relationship with the Lord must be cultivated. It must be protected. It must be intentional. See, it's easy to ignore the issues. It's easy just to, to just pretend that there's, there's nothing wrong with you. I, I personally rather live like that, right? Isn't that easier? Nah, there's nothing wrong with me. If you got a problem with me, that's your problem. It's easier to live that way. But when it comes to the relationship with the Lord, we have to understand that there are things in our lives there are little foxes in our lives that will go into the relationship between you and the Lord and will begin to chew and destroy what's being cultivated and what's growing in you. It's the little foxes. See, ignoring is easy, but protection is intentional. I want to protect what I've been given. I want to protect this intimate relationship that I have with the Lord. You'd say, well, well, shouldn't God protect it? Yes, he gives you the, the grace and the power to do what is necessary to protect the relationship. Because we all have a choice to sin or not. And sin separates. Sin destroys. Watch out for the little foxes. The Bible says, keep your heart with all, the, all diligence. Guard your heart. So what kind of foxes do we have? Well, I think we have a few. Laziness. You know, when, you're, when you wake up early in the morning and you're like, I, could, I got an extra hour of sleep right now. 
I love that extra hour. I, I, I'm, I'm the guy that puts my alarm like two hours before I actually need to get up. My wife hates it. But I told her before we got married. No, I'm kidding. I didn't tell her that. That was a secret. She, it, was, it was a shock to her. But you know when, when the Lord, you, you, you know what I'm talking about. When you wake up in the morning and you feel, maybe I should go pray. But then you feel the pillow. Oh, jeez. <laughs> why, why is the bed the most comfortable early in the morning? I don't know, man. Right? And, and what hinders that moment that you could have with the Lord that I'd rather sleep. Laziness. And I, and I get it. Maybe it's not some deep spiritual issue. Maybe you're looking for much, something much more spiritual. Well, too bad. No, I'm kidding. We're going to get into that. But it's a simple thing. Some of us, honestly, the reason we don't read or pray is because we're lazy. This, I'm sorry, okay? I'm preaching to me. Mike, that is you. I know, I know. I need to repent. Or we have no motivation. I don't really feel like praying. I don't really want to do it. Right? It's a fox. It's a little fox. Because you know what you're doing when you do something you don't want to do? You're killing the flesh. You're killing the flesh. I don't want to do it, so I, maybe I should. You know, you know what another fox is? Procrastination. This is some practical things today, okay? I'll get into some deeper stuff in just a second. Procrastination. I'll do it later. That's, this is mine. This is my little fox, okay? Sometimes we take those little foxes and make them pets. <laughs> Procrastination. I'll do it later. Lord will wake you up in the morning. God, I will, I promise. Later. After I make my coffee. After I finish this project, after I finish this task, before you know it, it's the end of the day. And what do we say? Lord, tomorrow I promise. You know why this is so relatable? Because we all deal with this. Everybody's like, how did he know? It's because it's all of us. (laughs) It's not just you. It's all of us. Procrastination. You know what else? Little fox is distractions. You know, you know, I hate when I get, I'm like, I'm ready, right? I got up early. I'm in my office. I got my Bible out. And I'm like, oh, just, I got an email. Just real quick, just real quick. Just check it. Distracted. Are you ever praying, right? <laughs> this happens to me all the time. So pray for me, okay? I'll be reading my Bible, and I'll read three chapters, and I'm like, what did I just read? <laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> I was thinking about my plans for the next week. What the heck did I just read? Lord, help me. I got to go back and I got to read it all over again, right? Because I'm distracted. It's like right when, right when I, it's like I have the most motivation to do everything else when I'm trying to read and pray, right? Like, oh, now I can go work on my bills. Now I can go work on these projects. It's like, no, no, you're just getting distracted. It's a little fox. You know, you know, you know this thing right here? This little thing? This is a little fox. This is a little. See, I, I have two notifications in the last four minutes. Let me see. I'm just kidding. <laughs> little fox. 
I'm just going to read out. I'm going to use the Bible app. <laughs> okay. I got to move on. It's just a distraction. Okay. Distractions. These are distractions. So what are some more foxes? Well, there's a little bit, little bit deeper ones. There's some foxes. Those are foxes of, of prayer, the prayer life and the intimacy with the Lord. But you know what? Some bigger ones are unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Holding grudges. Matthew 11:25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, oh my gosh, that's the wrong scripture there. Oh, geez. I, I copy and paste the wrong one from the, from the Bible app, right? Jesus basically says, if you go into worship and you have some unforgiveness with somebody in your heart, you need to go back and you need, you need to ask for forgiveness and you need to forgive. And then you can come back and worship. Why? Because unforgiveness is a wedge to intimacy. Bitterness. Bitterness. Upset with this person. So, so, so we try to get into worship. And what does the Lord, what does the Lord say? Forgive them. But, but God, if I forgive them, then they won. Can I tell you something about marriage? If only one of you is winning, you're both losing. If only one of you is winning, you're both losing. Winning in a marriage is when you both win. But sometimes we don't want to forgive each other. And it's almost like we use our intimate relationship with the Lord as payback to somebody else. Well, I'm going to be better than them. And the Lord's like, no, 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 no. It's not how this works. You need to forgive first. Before you come into prayer, before you come into worship, before you come into intimacy with the Lord, you must forgive. Fear is a fox. Doubt is a fox. Immorality is a fox. Can't, we can't live in sin and say we know God. I'm sorry. Because when we truly know him, now, I'm not talking about making a mistake. I'm not talking about falling. I get it. We all make mistakes. But if you're living a, a, a life of habitual sin, I'd ask you, have you been with Jesus? Because these are little foxes that come in, and they, be, they slowly, guys, listen, they slowly come in, and we don't even realize it. One day gone by, two days gone by, three days, one week, two weeks, one month, three months, six months. Before we know it, we're like, when's the last time I even prayed? When's the last time I spent time with the Lord? And then we question, God, why, why have you left me? And this is the beautiful part of intimacy is that he already paid the price for you. You may feel like, well, I've made all these mistakes. I've got all these foxes. Well, guess what? There's somebody that can go into your life and all those little things, he can get in there and he can begin, begin to change you. He gives you the power to forgive. He gives you the power to stay focused. He gives you the power to get up in the morning and spend some time with him. It's amazing how he does it because he invests so much into us. And we're the one who benefits. It's all by the power of the Lord. His investment in our intimacy is far greater than ours. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. You know, 
I used to, I used to when I wake up in the morning and, and the first thing that comes to my mind is to pray and spend time with the Lord. So I started doing that, right? I spent time with the Lord. But then every day, all the time, I'm thinking about prayer. And I used, I used to think of that as a bad thing. Because I'd be like, Lord, how much, like, God, I, I got kids. I got, how much, like, you want me to be there a little day? Right? And I understand he's calling to deeper prayer. I understand that. But I begin to feel bad because all I think about is, is spending time with God. I wake up in the morning. He's the first thing on my mind. I go to sleep at night, and he's the last thing that I think about. In the daytime, when I'm with my kids, I constantly am thinking about the Lord. I felt like this was, I felt like this was a conviction that he was like, you're not spending enough time. But he clarified something to me. He says, this is intimacy. That not, I'm not just a part of the first hour of your day, but I'm a part of every moment. That I'm constantly on your mind. All I think about is the Lord. I love my wife to death. I love her. But my intimacy with the Lord is more important. But listen to this. My intimacy with the Lord is a benefit to my marriage. My intimacy with the Lord is a benefit to my children. My intimacy with the Lord is a benefit to my friendships. It's a ben- it changes everything. And he invested more than I ever could. I love this scripture. 1 Corinthians 6.24, you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on that tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. He paid, he paid the price that we would know him. I don't get it. I don't know why. But all I know is I'm thankful. This is intimacy. I'm not telling you you have to be a perfect person. No, none of us are perfect. I still argue with my, my wife, believe it or not, and my mom. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't argue with my mom. I still argue with my wife. We, we argue. You know why? Because we're humans. But you know what the difference between intimacy is? The results are different because when I wasn't intimate with the Lord and we'd argue, we'd argue and argue and argue again until she said I was right, which we all know that I was. She's not here today, so I could say it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, baby. I know you're watching live. I love you. But the difference was intimacy. with intimacy is it changed the way that I responded in a mistake, in an argument. Because intimacy with the Lord will change you. It will, it will change your life. This is why whenever I talk to anybody, whether it's a marriage issue, whether it's an issue with your job, your finances, anything like that, I say, have you been praying? Have you been reading the word? Have you been spending time with the Lord? And listen, in most marriage issues... Most of the time, about 99.9% of the time, when there's an issue, it's because someone's not praying. 
And so I'm sitting with them. I'm saying, have you been praying? Well, like at church? <laughs> Sundays? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pray. When Jose gets up there, of course, I got to pray. No, do you have a prayer life? Because I'm telling you guys, the secret, it's a crazy secret, <laughs> is that when, he, when we know him, we're marked. And we're changed. And our old attitudes are not who we are anymore. I no longer yell at my kids out of frustration because I've been marked by intimacy. I no longer try to just be right in my marriage because I've been marked by intimacy. I no longer have secret sin in my life because I've been marked by intimacy. I no longer hold on to my money as if it's my own. It's his because I've been marked by intimacy. Intimacy with God changes us. And it marks us. And the world doesn't need people who just go to church. The world doesn't need just a good person. There's a lot of good people all over the world. The world world needs those who are intimate with Christ, that truly know him, that have been truly transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what the world needs. Your family doesn't need you to be a good person. They need you to know Jesus because if you truly know Jesus, they're going to look at you. They're going to say, he's uneducated. She's untrained. But they'll marvel at your life and say, there's something different about them. They must have been with Jesus. This is the difference in my life. It's not that I'm trained. It's not that I'm smart. It's not that I'm talented. It's that I've been with Jesus and I know his heart. This is my prayer for the church. I don't, I, yeah, we pray for growth, but when I'm on my knees praying for you, I say, Lord, I pray that they would just know you because, God, if they would just know you, everything would change. I'm not praying for just that situation. God, I'm praying that situation would lead them to their knees, would lead them to the prayer room, God, because I know that if they know you, if they truly know you, the problem may not change, but they will. They may not get all the money that they want, but they'll learn that if I have Jesus, I have everything. The boss may still be rude, may still be mean, but people, people of intimacy will say, you know what? I love them anyway. And I'm going to honor them anyway. Your wife may never change. But if you've been with Jesus, you love her unconditionally. Your husband might always do those annoying things that we husbands do. I'm sorry, right? What am I supposed to do? But if you were to spend some time with Jesus, you know what God does in a marriage? And I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up, David, if you want to come up. Let's bless you guys this morning. Good. Because then it would have been a wasted Sunday. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. When when we're intimate with the Lord, when we're spending time with Jesus, it's, it's, it's almost as if he takes the way we saw them, saw things before, and it's like he gives us new eyes to see. So, my marriage issues and my issues with relationships and my, my issues with forgiveness and my, wish, my issues with grudges and bitterness and, and all these things, when I'm intimate with the Lord, he changes the way that I see 
things. You know what I stopped doing? And I, I, I know that I'm talking about marriage a lot, but this is just something that, that I feel like it, it, it's easy for me to talk about. I stopped praying, God changed my wife. And I started praying, Lord, let me see the good things in her. Let me see the good things about her. Show me. Show me her gifts. Some of you need to, some of you have grudges and unforgiveness towards parents. When we go to prayer, Lord, why, would it, why, why won't you change them, God? But sometimes God just wants you to look at them a different way. He changes that we, the way we see things. He changes the way we see our situations. This comes through intimacy. There, there is no trick. There is no gimmick. There's, there's not an amount of money that you can ever give. The only thing that you, can, that you need in your life is him. Because he changes everything. He changes everything. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX or check us out on our website, ReclaimChurchTX.com. Thank you for listening.